Welcome to Machine Learning. Uh, well, finished red, uh, dimension reduction. That was quite a challenging course, actually. And, um, but it was, it's helpful to learn how your data is distributed. And a number of courses we've taken, I've taken, um, focuses on using the tools to see how your data is distributed. And, uh, and from those tools, uh, you can then, uh, you can then determine, um, what, you, what the data is capable of, what type of behaviors in the data can you, can you track? What's continuous data? What's trend data? Um, what's classification data? and maybe the type of data that you can use as inputs to other networks. So, um, long and short term memory, that was interesting. Uh, I was able to uh, use the uh, LSTM to learn the data as it re was related to um, predicting the uh, curve function. So the thing that was interesting is it didn't actually um, it didn't actually project into the future. That's why I'm a little bit confused on the LSTM is how to get it to project into the future. But I did see one case where they used stocks and they were able to get it to project into the future. So I'm gonna take a look at that because that's what you really want is not to just track the movement of the past and uh, be able to uh, match to the past, but to also project into the future. Um, and so um, that, that's an important feature to LSTMs that needs to be discovered. There's a lot of interesting work that you have to do in data scientists, data science to actually build things that are useful. And that's why I'm really uh, looking forward to talking with uh, Jay Russin today about AI machine learning and find out what he's focused on. Maybe the uh, the new thing is uh, reinforcement learning. Maybe it's uh, uh, long and short-term memory. Maybe it's Keras networks. Anyway, just kind of getting an idea of which way to go would be interesting from a professional. One thing I do know is that uh, as you start to uh, work with your data, make predictions soon. Make them early. And uh, then start... Uh, from those predictions and assumptions to analyzing your data and drawing out more observations and using your tools to make those observations. Build a couple of null hypotheses and uh, test it out. See if, uh, see if the p-value is low. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, do some statistical analysis. Do a little bit of predictive and analytics. You know, look at the distribution. Look at the uh, 
build a couple of pipelines and uh, use a PCA component, a principal component analysis. See if there's any clustering that occurs. Use K-means clustering. Uh, there's just a lot of tools that are uh, at your disposal. And uh, I have a feeling that what will happen is that in the future, um, a lot of fundamentals, you'll go through maybe a year of studying the fundamentals to data science. And then the second level will be uh, more project-oriented type of uh, learning, kind of like where you're uh, building things. And maybe the fourth level would be where you're actually getting paid uh, to do the research, where someone will come in and say, you know, hey, I've got some data I'd like to have analyzed and put it up for bid. And uh, the people that have uh, uh, hit those levels of uh, proficiency are given the option to work on these projects. And I have a feeling that that'll be something that becomes more popular just because there's a talent drain and uh, or shortage. I would say talent shortage more. Uh, where you just can't find people that have a real solid understanding of the mathematics and the, the technology behind data science. There's a lot on the internet, a lot of content, a lot of individuals talking about data science, but uh, actually building something useful is, uh, is a huge leap. And that requires a lot of experience working on different projects and getting your opportunities uh, to see how things work for people that have a strong insight. Now, the, what's interesting is uh, that when you do your work, you may not actually understand what they're doing. That's what the interesting thing is that I hear a lot of the data scientists that I'm talking to is that they work on small little aspects. They don't actually build the structure. The structure's already been built. Maybe they're using uh, XGBoost and, uh, and they're using uh, variables fed into an XGBoost to verify fraud or, or uh, you know, verify uh, login um, failures and looking for patterns on login failures to determine if there's an issue. Maybe they need to have someone call them at that point so they don't lose that customer due to frustration through authentication. Um, so there are so many different aspects that uh, it uh, challenges um, to you know, know everything. But that's why I think there's, it's important to, to uh, get your GitHub and Start making predictions. Get analyze public data. You know, watch the news, and you know if they make a claim, go out there and gather the data and see if the, if things are really that way. I was I was finding it interesting. I found some uh, SAS data, and you can read SAS data in pandas, and uh, found some SAS data on uh, police in Chicago, police crime uh, crime rates. In Chicago, by different codes, they have police have different codes, and they have uh, international codes. Anyway, I was able to uh, do some group buying and plotting, use some of the Seaborn 
plots. And uh, it was interesting because I discovered that uh, for some of the the, the most uh, high occurrences of crimes per category, that uh, they were decreasing over time. And so you might be led to conclude as you see these different uh, crime categories that crime in Chicago is decreasing, that the uh, police have done a really good job fighting back crime. Well, because you could argue also that once uh, crime, organized crime gets settled in an area that your crime frequency would increase and so the volume of crime would increase and there would be actually maybe more criminals than there were to uh, police. And so at that point, uh, then the law and order is getting overpowered and so your crime rates are going up. That's what you would think and that's what Hollywood would probably uh, portray in their uh, analysis of, uh, of uh, crime. But uh, that's why you want to get to the data and uh, take a look. And there's databases I think Stanford puts out that uh, you can hook into through an API and get the crime in your area. So you could, uh, you could do some data science. You could actually even use my GitHub uh, code and, and uh, plug in your SAS file for your, uh, your area and see what the crime, crime rates and trends are in your area. So that, that's uh, um, some of the things I'm thinking that in the future become very popular is that, yeah, you want to, maybe there'll be uh, different notebooks. And so just like there's different um, data sets that UCI Irvine provides for machine learning AI, there'll be different notebooks that kind of have preloaded logic in it and you just plug in your data and uh, and then you can you can uh, get in real time. Uh, you, you can get your results uh, back. What I'm thinking also in the future is uh, Django might be a way to go. And uh, Django uh, then would allow me to put my notebooks on a web server, <coughs> and then I could uh, have a user interface. And in real time, I could do API calls to um, the different data sources and pull it in and then run, the, uh, run my different uh, graphs and so forth inside Django and output it to the screen. And so now you have a real time interaction with your data. And that might be something that uh, could uh, be possible in the future uh, and then you would have different domains so people could uh, then do exploratory explore the data and see that's something that uh, the public that hasn't been given right now is websites that really allow them to explore the data that they may be interested in so they have to go to um, a specific maybe a government site and then they have to know how to operate the parameters of the of the website, and then they may get some visuals. Uh, it may just be data that they put in a spreadsheet and then analyze later. 
so I think that there's a lot of room for uh, expanding functionality using Python and the web and, uh, and gathering your data uh, from, the, from different sites and then allowing the users to change different parameters and see what the effect is. And, you know, that's kind of what uh, Tableau does is it gives you this kind of a, a web interface and allows you to interact with your data. Power BI also. But it, it seems like that we Django should be the Python equivalent to these two uh, software packages so that you don't have to pay for it. So you just build your, your uh, Jupyter nodes and then you build your Django and you utilize the code within your Jupyter nodes. Um, or you just build classes in Python and, and run everything from classes in Python or or you could even do functions. You know, you don't even maybe you don't even need classes. You could just have functions and decorator functions that uh, that you utilize, and uh, that that becomes uh, uh, how you access your functionality and then display that to the web. So you want to take the path that has the best maintenance, and and uh, and then you you'd have. Uh, you'd have that functionality available. And, and then your Python libraries are loaded onto your web server and you do all your development off of your web servers versus your laptop. One of the problems I have with the laptop is I have to constantly you know, use Anaconda to download uh, code. You know, there's code that it, it gets demarcated. It'd be kind of cool actually if you had Someone build a web server with all the Python libraries on it, so it's already preloaded with all the Python, kind of like DataCam, and uh, and then when you want to do an import of library, you don't have to go out and conda it. You just uh, you just have it there, and then you can just use it, and then you publish to the web, and just like Power BI, it then uh, that code becomes accessible. For the user to use, and if uh, because the way it do, works now is you build your Jupyter, and then it stores the static data, and then you put it on your GitHub, and then people can see your GitHub, and then they can decide if they want to download your code and and use it, or or just uh, see how you did things, see what kind of programmer you are. Anyway, those are some ideas uh, that I have, and hopefully. Uh, it can go somewhere.